We are on the cusp of a major social change. Do you feel it? Even if you don't, make no mistake, change is coming, and it is going to be unforgettable. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Hart, and here on Prime Spark, where we work with and on behalf of women over 55, I want to help you find that spark that will ignite your way forward, reflect your gifts to the world, and illuminate your path through this next stage of life. Through these podcast conversations, I hope to inspire you to see how you can make a significant contribution to some of the gnarly problems that are facing us right now. Join me, and together, let's discover our Prime Spark. Hi, and welcome to Prime Spark. I'm Sarah Hart, and I'm so happy you're here with us. Prime Spark is designed for women over 55 or close with a goal to help us all live our happiest, most fulfilling and productive lives now and in the future. The mission of Prime Spark is to change the way our society sees and treats older women. That's a big mission, which only means we all need to be involved and we need to get going now. And today I have the great pleasure of talking with Vicki Dello Joyo, a woman whose work I greatly admire. Vicki Dello Joyo draws on decades of theater performance and directing experience, along with her lifelong study of martial arts to fire up visionary speakers to amplify their charisma and deliver their message with passion, presence, and power. A seasoned transformational speaker, her methods for both crafting stories and her focus on the energy behind how they are told have touched and transformed hundreds of speakers to stand and deliver with joy, confidence, and ease. A recipient of the Women's Martial Artists Instructors Hall of Fame, Vicki is also a Qigong master teacher whose spiritual fitness program and book, The Way of Joy, has transformed the lives of thousands of participants since 1975. Welcome, Vicki. I'm so happy you're here today. Oh, it's such a pleasure, Sarah. I can't tell you, when I first heard your podcast, I was so excited that you were directing um, this to really lifting up uh, old elders, right? Women elders who have a message that is that that is, I think, so important. There's so much that we know from life experience uh, that gets disregarded or dismissed. So the fact that you're lifting it up makes my heart sing. Every time I hear your podcast, I'm happy about it. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. That's what yeah. Here. Yeah. So just in getting started, Vicky, let me ask you: Do you experience getting older? And if you do, what is that experience? And if you don't, why do you think it is that you don't? Well, it's a both and. I mean, kind of like a master of paradox or not. <laughs> um, I, um, I, I experience being older in terms of really uh, sort of more centered in my own self, more, uh, you know, kind of a calmer, 
nervous system, um, a, a sense of not being as attached to monitoring how I'm landing with people in the same way. I still care a lot about communicating with people and feeling that connection, but I'm no longer as concerned about what people think of me. In a way, it's kind of been a relief you know, moving into a, a slightly older where where people don't necessarily think that I'm, you know, that they're not going to be flirting with me or something like that, which always threw me a little bit off. So I, I love that part of getting older. Um, and then internally, I think there's certain ways in which, no, I don't feel older at all. I don't experience being older at all. I'm still loving the same things that I've loved all my life. And I feel like you know, I mean, I remember my parents used to, each of them in their own way would say that they were the same person that they were when they were a kid. And of course, I didn't believe them. But now I realize what they were talking about, that there is something constant, some sort of soul essence or spirit essence that's that's sustains and that doesn't age. I think that's one of the reasons why sometimes I'm surprised by the age I am. <laughs> you know, I have been known to look in the mirror and go, "Who is that old lady?" <laughs> what? How did this? I feel like I feel like the same person I've always been. I don't understand. Yes, yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, Vicky, tell me, you have such an incredible background and such a, a wide variety of things you do. I I love it all. And um, how? let's just start with, how did you first get into Qigong and the other martial arts that you're involved in? Ah, oh, well, you know, this is, the, this is, you know, moving over 50 years now. Um, I, I started really because, um, well, I started doing Tai Chi Chuan when I was a kid um, in my teens. I was in a summer program that was a theater program. I wanted to be an actress at the time. And so I, I, I took, I was in this theater, this sort of residency program. They had a, a, a Tai Chi Chuan teacher come and I'd never heard of Tai Chi before. He was a an old man, right? He was probably 50 <laughs> or 55 himself, but he uh, he came and he was teaching Tai Chi for actors. And I was not, I, I you know, I was not particularly thrilled about it at the time just because there was this all this hype around him being old. Maybe he was actually, he might've been 70, but he, that he was old, but he had a, a wife, a young wife and a, a newborn baby. And so this was somehow Tai Chi tied to virility. And as a young lesbian, I didn't care in the least about that. But when I started doing the movements themselves, it felt like I was coming home. It was almost like I was following these movements and feeling like I almost knew what was going to come next, even though I had never seen, heard, or experienced it before. So there was something that felt very familiar and right to my body and to my spirit. Um, so that's that was what started me off, was actually the soft arts. And then I had experiences where I had been um, beaten up on the street uh, and wanted to learn how to protect myself. So I started to go into the harder fighting arts, and I started doing something called Kajikembo, which is a, a an amazing martial art that combines five different arts that that were developed in Hawaii by five different martial arts masters from different disciplines, um, looking at how we can protect ourselves. So um, I went into that, and then and then there's a whole story about why I stopped that and went back to the Qigong Tai Chi type of of work. And so are you working now mostly with Tai Chi or Qigong or combination or both or what? 
No, I did teach Tai Chi for years, but no, I I do pretty much exclusively Qigong, although sometimes I'll borrow certain things from Tai Chi and include them in in Qigong classes or when I'm working one-on-one with somebody, if they feel like it's, um, you know, it's a particular piece that, that activates a a channel that I think needs to happen. But um, no, it's mostly, it's mostly Qigong now. Uh, And I, I, you know, and then I've tied that in, of course, with the work that I do as a director and as a speaker and as somebody who also coaches speakers on how to tell their stories well. How did that happen? I'm curious about that because um, stories are a very big thing right now. And um, I'm, how did you know it would be important to tie the Qigong to, to speakers? Well, you know, it's so, I love that question. I, I have been in theater uh, for most of my life. I started doing theater performing when I was seven. And um, as I grew older, I, you know, I, I, I did more and more theater, more and more directing, more and more performing um, as, as sort of a, as sort of one track that I was on. But at the same time, around, I was in mid-2013 or or maybe a little bit before, for that no it was 2010 whatever it not that long ago c- comparatively i um i was i decided to start treating my qigong classes more as a business and so i began to do more speaking on stages and summits and appearing here and there talking about energy and how, and how uh, what that what energy is and how business people might use it to their advantage and i would get on stage and i would tell stories that were either about myself or my clients and afterwards I would always have this rush, all right, of people coming to ask me about stuff. And people started coming up to me who were other speakers who were not landing with their audiences particularly well. And they'd come up and they say, I really love how you told your story or how you delivered that. Can you teach me to do what you do? My response was always, no, but I can teach you how to do it as a better you, because it's really about how do we bring forth our story in a way that's dynamic. Um, so I started a, a something I called Rockstar Speaking and Storytelling. It was it was a, a program that sold out immediately. I was working with a lot of different speakers who were on different levels. Some of them were very seasoned and really wanting to go into the TED Talk level. Others were people who were you know more in the beginning part of their entrepreneurial journey. But w- I would have these gatherings and we would I would work with people on their story. Uh, and so the the qigong came into that, and then uh, I have a knack somehow of being able to draw out the story under the story, so that it's not just you know a lot of speakers would would almost tell their story like they were reciting a resume. I did this, and then this happened, and then I did that, and it would be kind of flat and um, and not really mean anything to anybody, like and kind of a who cares type of a thing. So I, I I started to look at you know how do we how do we bring in to to treat the storyteller like you're you know if you're listening to the story it's like you go into the movie of what they're experiencing you're experiencing it with them so how do we make it live alive as opposed to describe the story how do we tell the story in a way that is more dynamic uh and part of that has to do with an element from qigong that is called wei qi and what is that wei qi is externalized energy so when when you um 
for ac- for acupuncture or Chinese medicine, uh, it's connected to the uh, what protects us from pathogens and allergens. But you could think of it as almost like an energetic second skin, where where it's it's energy that you emit. So if you were to go to a party and you see somebody there and you feel really drawn to them, or you feel like nope, I'm going to give that person a pass and talk to somebody else, that's a product of this externalized energy. So some, a lot of times people think about first impressions and they think about, oh, you know, what's like what they're wearing or how they're standing or that kind of thing. And that's part of it. Those are all part of it. But there's also a, a field that whether we so-called believe in energy or not, it's palpable. It's something that's extended. And in fact, finding out about Wei Qi is what got me back into uh, Qigong, moving out of the fighting arts into Qigong because I started to I had an experience that that just transformed, you know, sort of the direction that I was going with my own martial art. So how how do you go about teaching somebody that? I mean, is it through movement? Yes, it's through movement and breath and visualization, which is sort of the one thing that ties all Qigong practice together, right? Qigong is one of these words like dance. So if you say, I practice Qigong, it could be, well, or I practice dance. I'm a dancer. Are you Alvin Ailey style? Are you tap? Are you ballet? Are you Martha Graham? What, you know, what is, what, are, what type of dance do you modern? Um, what type of dance do you do? So it's the same with Qigong. There's over 6,000 exercises that get called Qigong. So somebody could study with, study with me for years and then go study with another teacher and learn entirely different forms. But what reunites a lot of them is this, you know, a lot of them are based on Taoist principles and, and also based on this, this combination of breath work, um, movement, and that could be internal movement through visualization or external movement where you're actually moving your body. Um, and those things coming together are sort of what, what makes Qigong kind of, Qigong is a relatively new f- phrase. It's, it came out in the fifties, I think, or late forties to describe all of these different practices that come from many different lineages with many different specific types of approaches. Like some of them are spiritual Qigong, some of it is um, martial arts Qigong, some of it is healing Qigong. There's all kinds of intellectual or Taoist practice that has to do with philosophy. So it's it's very, very varied. Oh, I never knew that. I've only, um, I've, I've, I've done Qigong with a couple of people, but it's all been um, movement, not martial arts movement. Um, right. But um, more like Tai Chi. I mean, it, you know, it's not Tai Chi, but it's Qigong, but it's more like that than it is like a martial arts. What well, I Well, Tai Chi is really kind of the martial art aspect of Qigong. So Tai Chi is, you know, it, a lot of those movements, whether you're blocking or you're kicking or you're, you know, or you're stretching or you're going snake goes through grass, all of these different movements are based on fighting concepts so they they, that's a mark it is actually a martial art um and there are martial artists especially as they get older who start to move into tai chi either to inform their current art or to just start to calm down and and you know do things that are a little bit less um uh hard on their hard on their bodies um tai chi is one so it's the martial arts style of qigong i would say um, whereas, um, you know, a lot of the Qigong that happens in this country is medical Qigong. And so it's really about how do you move energy through the different meridians or how are you moving in accordance with the seasons or the various things that, that medical, that medical Chinese medicine is based on. Oh, I've got about 10 questions and I don't know what to ask you. <laughs> ask you. Tell me, um, I, I suspect a lot of our listeners will be 
um, coaches or speakers or whatever. So tell me about uh, a couple of success stories that you've had working particularly with speakers or actors, but, but some kind of people who are making presentations. Well, one of the, one of the most recent successes was a, a, a lawyer that um, was presenting her case to the Supreme Court of Canada. And her case was a very uh, challenging one, really kind of a social justice case. She herself is a brown woman and she was representing a brown woman. And it was a complex case. Uh, and we worked quite a bit with both the Qigong and with the story, how she was telling the story, how she was going to respond to questions. Um, we worked with everything from, you know, a meditation, uh, you know, visualization for to prepare her sort of internal mindset to uh, actual practices of how she would respond. It was an incredible experience for me because um the Supreme Court of Canada uh, live streams a lot of their cases. So I was able to watch her um, do it. And, and what really struck me was that she had a tremendous amount of pushback, which she had every single mock trial person, other lawyers, people in her field all said, this is all very important. It's an important case because it matters, but there, there's no way you can win. This is not, there's not, there's not a chance, a snowball's chance that you're going to win this case, but glad you're bringing it up and good for you type of a thing. Um, she, when she actually started to present, the pushback was so fast and so immediate. And of course the, 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 um, the, the Supreme court there is predominantly white, old, older men, um, there are two women on the court at, at the at the court, and then one man of color. Everybody else was white, and 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 a lot of them were very hostile. Like they were literally hostile. Like almost this attitude, very dismissive or demeaning. Like you know, you don't really belong here. Kind of a subtext. Um, so she started her to speak, and she didn't get even a sentence out before she got interrupted by one of them, challenging her the very premise, just challenging her left and right almost like dogs barking at her from all these different directions. What I saw was that she was able to stand her ground. She was able to answer their questions with other utter respect and graciousness and then bring it back to the point that she was going to make. And she did it with absolute, I mean, it was, it was like watching a beautiful, it was, you know, a Bruce Lee moment, right? Just total grace and power in how she delivered what she delivered. Um, so that that was that was a huge success. It, 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 they they were expected that the, the the justices were going to go out of the courtroom, and usually they come back in, within fifteen minutes and they deliver their verdict. Everybody had said no chance you're going to win this. They came back and she had split the court, so they actually took six or seven months to deliberate. And 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 even though in the in the long run she didn't win, she flipped a couple of those most conservative judges who had been posing the most what I thought was egregious ways of doing it, but big, big challenges to her, to her case. So she, to me, this was a huge success. It's moved the needle. It had, it didn't sh shift things for that particular client, but it's moved the needle enormously. Um, so that felt like one of those successes embedded in something that, you know, she, you know, somebody might say, well, she didn't win, but that, that was not what was important. What she did was she, she, she stayed in her power. She was incredible. It was incredible to watch. Or another person that I worked with just recently who, when I first met her, she's a refugee from, she was as a child, came here from Afghanistan 
um, escaping basically the Taliban and uh, and was so English was her second language, although she was the translator for her parents, as so many immigrant children tend to be. Uh, she was so shy when I first met her. I met her in a, a, a group situation and she never spoke. And she recently just delivered her, her story in front of thousands of people at the Los Angeles, I mean, Las Vegas Women's March. It was incredible to, to witness. So I, you know, the successes that I've seen for people has been uh, amazing, uh, really, truly amazing. And finally, I had a, another person, a lawyer also in Canada who who flew down for a week to work with me because he's a, also a singer songwriter and he wanted some stories that would illuminate his uh his his songs we ended up working on a one man show which he did to enormous acclaim standing ovations good reviews in Canada when he went back so those are all you know ways in which the work that I do has just really supported people to bring the word out and he's 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 an amazing guy because he just he actually just texted me a couple of days ago that he won this award from some Canadian law law society about the work that he's done for mental health. And he says it's entirely because of this show he did called Scattered Seeds, which was about mental health and addiction and recovery. And it was just an incredible story. Um, so so, yeah, those are some of the my client successes. Oh, those are wonderful, Vicki. And with the woman with the Supreme Court, she didn't win. But who knows how that impacts future cases? Exactly. That's what I meant by move the needle. Exactly. It, it's it's very yeah. exciting. It, and it opens up, you know, it's it's been presented. So now it opens up the, the possibility for people in the future, women in the future in this type of a case. I'm having a sense, and, and and this may be absolutely wrong, so tell me if I'm completely off base, but I'm having a sense that one of the things you do is help people present who they really are and what they really feel and what they really want, that they haven't been able to do for all sorts of reasons from blocking all of that, but but you bring out what's already there that can't get out. I love that you articulate it that way. Thank you so much, Sarah. That's exactly right. The, 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 the feedback I get most often is, you really see me in a way that I haven't been seen. And I just, it's very easy for me. It's very natural for me. It's a little bit like falling off a log. So I never know quite what the big deal is. But I do know how to, like, I do know how to, I, I had a, uh, somebody today that I worked with who was talking to a group about how I Vicky has X-ray vision because I had just worked with him and he's come to his core message in a way he's never done before. Just so there's a way in which I can kind of see through. I had a student who called me Sifu See Through. She was a Qigong student. So, um, so I do, I do, I do do that, and that's what matters to me because I feel like it's through our stories when we are really in our authenticity and telling our stories from a place of true heart. That to me is what can change what to me is is a kind of a disease that this planet is, you know, kind of going through right now around divisiveness and hatred and the sort of fueling the fires of of rage um, that that we really need to be cultivating empathy. And for me, there's no better way to cultivate empathy than through your story. Oh, I love that. I love that that uh, progression there that you just yes. Hadn't, I'd never thought of that. I agree. Yeah. 
So I know, uh, Vicki, that one of the things you talk about are energetic boundaries uh-huh. and the relationship with a vibrant living. And can you describe to us all of that? What's an energetic boundary and how does it impact vibrant living? And just describe that. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for asking that question. You know, boundaries have always been kind of my weak link, you know, that you, you, the, your mess is your message type of thing. So it's something that actually really matters to me a lot. Um, energetic boundaries refers to that thing I was talking about before when I said Wei Qi, which has to do with this externalized protection against pathogens and allergens in Chinese medicine. But my first encounter with it, I was, uh, I was, I had I was training in Kajakembo. I was working and fighting a lot in the Kuhn. One day I was the Kuhn was a dojo or the place where we worked out. And one day I'm I was walking home from BART, which is the subway system here in the Bay Area. Walking home from BART, uh, a guy sort of stepped around the corner. And you know sometimes you can just feel somebody's energy. It's the same way in that party. Well, you know we also I know women we tend to be very attuned to notice when there might be some kind of problem, right? That, that we 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 are alert. And because I was training in this martial art because I had been attacked on the street, basically queer bashed, I I I you know I was very alert. But I didn't go into some kind of fighting stance. I uh I just instinctively stood really tall, lengthened the back of my, my spine, lengthened the space between my vertebrae, and just had this, I remember to this day, this thought that I had, which was, I am. And it was like, and this, I, I just felt strong in myself. I didn't, anyway, he reached out to grab me, and he was actually trying to grab my breast, and his hand bounced about, I don't know, a foot away from contact, and he walked away from me looking at his hand and then looking back at me and looking at his hand. So I knew he hadn't missed. I didn't know what had happened. But when I got home, I had a call from somebody who became my Qigong teacher. And one of the things she said is, I think you need to stop learning fighting arts and do more of the internal arts. Um, and, I, and, and so I started studying with her and over time learned that the name for what had happened on the street was this Wei Qi field. When I started to realize that it was palpable, so it's again, didn't matter if somebody believes in energy or not. I mean, I saw this happen and then I saw the puzzlement in his face as he walked by um, was just, well, what 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 does that mean? And how can we use that? How can we use it as speakers? How can I use it on stage? How can I use it on the street to protect myself? How can I use it when I'm wanting to talk to somebody that I feel somewhat intimidated by or where there's a high stakes conversation? What does that mean when we start to exude this energy that is really a heart-based energy? It's not um, defensive. It's ex extensive or expansive. So, 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 so basically the concept of the boundaries, then if we go into the boundaries, the energetic boundaries, that was a literal energetic boundary that his hand bounced off of. But I also, the center, I have a, a book and a system I've created based on my Qigong studies that I call the way of joy. And the premise of that is what if we could see joy as a fuel instead of a goal, instead of having the right house or the right partner or the enough money, then I get to have joy. What if we actually could access it as a birthright? Um, and the central, there's there's nine concepts within embedded in this system that I've developed. And the central one is boundaries dissolve barriers. And that when we don't have boundaries, we either merge like, oh, what do you want to do? I'm not sure. What do you want to do? Or 
we um or we we put out these sort of porcupine quills like i need my space i need to take care of myself and i'm saying if we have boundaries that's where we really can connect so that's that that place of that connection through feeling our own boundaries knowing what we want what who what we think what we feel what we choose what we don't choose all of those things that constitute a boundary is where we actually experience intimacy and commit connection with others. And that when we don't have it, we either lose ourselves or we are trying to protect or defend our, our space. Um, so boundaries are essential to me around this. And, and it all came from that moment of lengthening my spine and feeling this energy come out. I didn't even feel the energy come out, to be honest, but to see that that was the impact as of somebody who tried to, to uh, harm me. He felt the he felt he felt the energy. Yeah, yeah. I felt strong. I know I felt strong, and I remember thinking, "I am," as opposed to "You can't." So it wasn't about "You can't do this." It's "I'm here," and I was just emanating out from that. You can think of it as a solar sun coming out, right? It's powerful. It's powerful stuff. Powerful. So it's a different. It's a very different way of thinking about a boundary. I mean, usually we think of boundaries as. Um, stopping i mean and and in the sense with him that's what you did but when you said before about um um the place of relationship it's where it's where a healthy relationship is possible that's a very different way of seeing a boundary right the you you know the stop it is what i would call a barrier so when we don't have boundaries we'll erect barriers to protect ourselves so what a lot of people call boundaries i think of in my mind when i hear them speak that they're talking about barriers but i feel like boundaries are are the definition of who you are. They're they're they they they're 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 what makes you the individual that you are. Um, they're the center of what I call the human realm. So that they're 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 all about um, knowing 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 what you want, what you don't want, what you feel you don't feel, what you think you don't think, what you believe you don't believe, or or what you choose or you don't choose. Any of these things that define who we are. That's like the construct. It's the, it's the personality part, right? If we're all souls here having a temporary human experience, that human experience is the boundary. That's the definition of your individuality. It's how you take what is universal and express it through a way that only you can do, right, as an individual. I love that. It's a, it's a very different way of seeing, um, and I, I just I love that. You mentioned before something about... Um, energy using it to optimize a change of seasons or, or i forget exactly what you said but how 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 do you see that because we're getting ready to change see we seem to be going back and forth in season so um. <laughs> right right <laughs> climate change is real um so um basically uh qigong a lot of qigong is based as is uh both traditional and classic chinese medicine based on uh, observation in nature. And so each season has its own qualities and its own associations and its own metaphors. So right now you and I are speaking, we're in winter, technically, and we're actually moving into spring in the, in the, in the Dallas calendar, but we're in winter. Winter is um the, it, 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 it's connected to an organ system in your body or a meridian system in your body. It's also connected to other things. So for, for example, winter is connected to the color blue. It's connected to the season of winter. It's temperature is cold and damp. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's connected to the animal of a mule deer. It's also connected to the emotion of fear. 
And there's different systems that say when you move energy through your kidneys, um, you can you can shift fear into some people say integrity, some people say gentleness. There's different ways, but you're basically shifting out of fear. And then, then we move into spring. Spring is a time where there's a lot of pressure of birthing, right? It's it's just that 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 there's there's something pushing to come through. Um, so first, I always think of it as emergency in a double meaning, both a, like ah, emergency and emergence see so where something is coming forward. So this is a time when a lot of times people it's connected to the um to the liver and this is which is connected to the the emotion of anger uh, or frustration. Um, and when you're moving energy through the liver, you're moving it into kindness and forgiveness. So there, there's all these different themes to work with where you can work with them physiologically, you can work with them, you know, mentally, you can work with them emotionally. Um, and basically, it's all about moving your energy in accordance with what we learn from the observation of nature. So we, we watch blossoms come up, like, what are you blossoming? What's coming forth for you this season? So that's what I meant by, by um, the energetics of the season. Oh, yes, I see. I understand. I mean, I understand to the extent I understand. <laughs> Do you, you, this may not be possible, but can you give us any tool that would help us to start to understand or practice any of this? Absolutely. I'd be happy to. One of the things that, and since this is audio, I won't do something that's really movement oriented since you can't see me. But one of my very favorite basics to come back to again and again is what I call standing tall. Um, and so this is one of the things that I did instinctively when I had that story happen on the street. Whereas if you just imagine that your bones of your spine, your, your vertebrae are stacked on one another, stacked on one another like um, stones, one on top of the other, so that it's barely muscular in terms of allowing you to stand or sit straight. And if you think about lifting the crown of your head and lengthening the back of your neck without lifting your chin, but lengthening the back of the neck and then connecting your feet uh, or your sits bones to a chair, if you're sitting on a chair, to have a sense that you're grounded in the hips and legs and feet, and then you're lifted from the neck and the head and above the head. And as you lift and ground simultaneously, that opens up space between the vertebrae and so chi moves in that space in between. And once we start to do that, that is the sort of the foundation for being able to stand in your power, to be able to be connected to what's called the heaven realm or has to do with our inspiration or our sense of guidance and the earth realm, which has to do with how we walk our talk, what we manifest, what we create. When we can have that sense of be suspended between heaven and earth, that allows the heart, the human center, to become more and more radiant. And that also allows the way chi to feel to expand, which comes from the solar plexus. And it allows us to really be uh, present in a way that allows us to be sort of change reaction into response. So whatever happens to be going on around us, we can be in that place of observer self and make choices that are healthy. So that's that's a very simple technique, which is just to lengthen your spine. And we all know, right? Good posture is a good idea, but but when you think about it, it actually has a lot going on when we can just have that sense of spaciousness within our own back. Well, as you've just described, I've been, I'm standing here at the computer and I'm doing it. I'm and it is. Different. I see that. Yeah, <laughs> it's different from having good posture. Yes. I mean, it's it's not the same thing because right. I, I, my mother constantly, when I was growing up, stand up straight, stand up straight. And that's a different, <laughs> Me too. That's Me a too. different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, because what you're doing is you're really allowing, you know, if I think of chi moves in the space between, like if you think about how uh, um, a stream or a river, the water goes around sticks and stones, there's something in Taoism called the water course way. I mean, the, the sticks and, you know, it moves, it adapts uh, to to whatever the obstacles are. When we think about opening up space in between the bones and so that that chi can move through our body freely, uh, the sense, sense of uh, awakening energy, um, it it's it's a, it becomes a resource, and it's, it's something you can do waiting at the grocery line or or you know driving your car. I often do it driving my car. I was driving my car the other day, and it was I had somebody um, tailgating me. I was driving at the speed limit. He was tailgating me on the freeway, um, and then he, he he sped past me. And as he sped past me, he flipped me the bird. This was this this is how I knew it was spring. I was like, I thought, oh, there's a liver out of balance, right? Because <laughs> the liver is all about anger. Um, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would be wonderful if he could hear you say that. Why? <laughs> It's like, oh, go, go, go eat some, go eat some, some sour foods that helps clear, cleanse the liver. <laughs> so all the things you're doing, Vicki, um, what's next? What dream have you not yet realized that you're hoping maybe next you can, you can realize or you can start working on or you can explore or study or whatever? Oh, what a great question. You know, I, um, I, oh. What is next? You know, I, I feel like that everything is just unfolding. So there's so a way in which it's like follow the unfoldment. But I do, um, I have done a fair amount. I'm in a theater company. I've told you uh, offline about this theater company called Playback Theater. Um, and I also do a solo show. For a long time, I did a, sh a show called What's Wrong with a Mouse, which was about my relationship with my dad who disowned me for being gay. And then it's a redemption story. It's about how we came back together during the last 10 years of his life after not speaking for 20, 25 years. Um and now I'm working on a show about my mom. So that's that's what what's next for me, I think, is that I'm working on this solo show. And I'm also thinking about doing a TED Talk around communication. So that those are the two big, big, big dream projects that I have going on that would be really fun for me. And then working with continuing to work with people who are moving the needle, who are changing the paradigm, who are sort of living and breathing the world that I think we can co-create. So it's um, you know being able to pass that legacy forward. That that's that's those those are the things that get me up in the morning. I th I come and you do too. Come in contact with so many people who have such a wonderful dream and mm -hmm. um, just don't quite know how to realize it. Mm -hmm. And so what you're doing is that's wonderful to help people step into who they are and have the oomph. To go ahead yes, and do it. Yes, yes, yes. To have the oomph and to feel like they can be completely non-defensive along the way. Yes, yeah. yes. So that's our time today. Thank you all so much for being with us. Please join us again. You can find our Prime Spark podcast on every popular outlet. Find out more about Prime Spark at www.primesparkwomen.com. Thank you so much to my guest, Vicki Delo-Joy. I always had a wonderful time, Vicki. 
And if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Well, it's just been a pleasure to talk to you today, Sarah. Thank you so much for your interest and your your wonderful reflections. And people can connect with me at yourpowerpresence.com. Uh, that that they, they that's a that's where they can get my free book that I've written about uh, what I call the the secret behind charisma, um, and they can get that book. It's also a place where they can contact me directly if you'd like to have a conversation about stepping into your power presence on a new level for you. I'd absolutely love to support you to do that, so we can have a, a complimentary conversation. I'd be happy to hear where you are and 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 support you along the way. So thank you for being with us. Spread tolerance and love. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to stay updated, you can head over to my website, primesparkwomen.com, and get my free spark guide, Seven Questions to Ignite Your Spark, to help you discover your own spark. See you in the next episode.